You're listening to the Overeaters Anonymous Mid-Peninsula Podcast. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. For more information, please visit oamidpeninsula.org. I'm Betsy. I'm a compulsive overeater and uh, all the other things that go along. <laughs> I, um, I'll i tell you a little bit about how I got here and then what's happened since. Uh, the what's happened since I got here in 1986, what's happened since is a bigger part of my story. So I'll just give you a little bit of background. I came into the 12-step world through a, uh, a counselor that got my husband and I involved with some outpatient work because of uh, his drinking. And so that was the initial issue was that my, uh, my codependency and his drinking. And so that's how I found out about the 12 steps. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in August of 1985. And then in uh, June of 1986, after being in the rooms and going to lots of meetings and um, like that, I found out about uh, Overeaters Anonymous. So the first meeting I went to in June of 1986 was at uh, Peninsula Hospital. Those of you that were there, and I think Sherry was, well, not quite at that time, but but I have met some people that were in that room then. And uh, it was a huge meeting and there were tons of people and so many people had abstinence and I was enthralled with the thought that I could address my own uh, addiction after learning about this process of 12 steps. And um, so I got a sponsor the first Time and at that point, my weight just to qualify my weight was 171. And um, during that initial process of five years of abstinence with a sponsor, I got down to 114. Which, uh, since you can all do math, you know, I was a lot younger at that time, and 114 uh, would probably not be appropriate for me today. Uh, today I'm at 150 and um, not exactly where I want to be, but getting there. And so um, my weight loss over time looks like a Geiger counter. You know, my I have a great relapse uh, story of coming and going, but I stay in the rooms and I work with my uh, my issues and my addiction and, and sponsors and uh, the program, which has gotten me uh, at least the sanity and the steps to get me where I am today. Um, 
what I was uh, looking at when I read the uh, for today, uh, for today, it says compulsion is self will gone berserk. And uh, that when I read that, I thought, well, wow, that really that really represents I like that word berserk because that kind of tells you what what goes on in my head when the uh, when the compulsion takes over through the through the weight loss what i what my head learned was that um, love for me meant food uh, from the time I was little, but certainly I, I married very young, so um, I learned right away that uh, if if I looked good, I thought that my husband would be home and uh, love me and take care of us. We had two children right away in two years, in the first two years of marriage. So I was a stay-at-home mom for a lot of years. And um, for any of you who are married to someone who loves alcohol more than anything else in the world, it didn't matter what I did that wasn't going to work. So then I would lament, my self-esteem would go down. And so I would eat uh, in order to uh, comfort myself. And that would, so that's where the Geiger counter in uh, the early years of our marriage, I would lose weight, think it would work, and it didn't, and then gain weight because I was sad and uh, very um, upset and then hate myself and then try the losing weight thing. So that's, um, that was a lot of the, a lot of my thinking. When I came into uh, OA How, I was delighted to learn that I could with the help of the 12 steps who I, who, whom I had become to know in the year prior, that that was the path and that I could really um, embrace and learn uh, to embrace the 12 steps. During the time, and my daughter uh, came in with me. My daughter was, I don't know, 1920 at the time. And so she came into Hawaii with me at, at, at then in 1986. And um, it, was, it was heaven to me to embrace the 12 steps and address my own compulsive addictions. And um, many of you have heard me describe, but it's so apt as I kind of revisit this story that I feel like there's actually a physical um, addict on my shoulder and I am a visual person. So I picture this addict in a recliner, a lane recliner, you know, on my shoulder with one of those handles that takes them to eject. And this is, you know, if when I'm abstinent, I keep that recliner reclined. And my addict stays out of my life. When I am 
drawn into, you know, that is right here close to my ear saying, oh, you could eat that. You could eat just one. You could have it. Um, and I put it in my mouth. Then that stick on the recliner comes flying out. He comes and he, and I call him a he, and I picture little horns on his head, you know, kind of like a devil thing. Um, because that's what he does to my life, just grabs my life and infects me with this um, unbelievable uh, feeling of compulsion. Um, and it goes back and forth. And I've heard many of you describe the, the compulsion going between the sweet and the salty and the crunchy and going back and forth with that um, I, I can picture myself, uh, I, I don't do this anymore, thank God, but going out to the freezer to get something sweet and then go and then saying, all right, that's it. That's all I need. And then as soon as that was consumed to go through the cupboards to find something that was salty. And um, I, I truly knew that it was bizarre. I remember looking at myself. I was a successful businesswoman. I could do many things. I could talk in front of a lot of people, and that was part of my profession. But I couldn't control this compulsion to grab the food for satisfaction or um you know, comfort. It was a lot of comfort. And so um, learning that there was the 12 steps and learning that I could go there um, has, has been just something that has, I have embraced over the years. And uh, since 1986, I have followed the, the how food plan uh, to, to many degrees with this addict coming at me and then going back. I have generally, uh, as I said, my abstinence is like a Geiger counter. So I luckily I do stay in the rooms. And so therefore I am, uh, I, I find as I look at this screen, I have such warm feelings for many of you who have traveled this path with me for many, many, many years. And I think it's real indicative of the fact that I haven't left the seat. Even though I may be struggling, I haven't left the seat because of you. Um, the friendship and all, I think, I think there are people that it hasn't happened, but I know for a fact that if I stopped coming, there would be people at my doorstep knocking on the door saying, hey, get get out here. Come on, we're going. So uh, that is very comforting to me. And uh, I know that as we talk uh, in meetings, as well as the uh, outreach calls that I make outside of the meetings and share the struggle or the, or the success, you know, we all support one another. So I was looking, one of the um, particular uh, in for today that I like is uh, July 1st. 
and uh, I'll read it. It says, abstinence is like pulling up a window shade. It gives me a view of my real problems. I see a wistful child wanting to be, to be best, to be noticed and praised. When I hear a good word from, for someone else, I have not outgrown the cry, what about me? I feel so unloved and I need it all. Let me take steps now to face my defect of pride and use it as an incentive to grow. Then I can be free of compulsiveness and share in the joy of someone else's virtues and strength. So the for today is I do not compare myself with anyone, but rather appreciate each of us for what we are. That is the true harmony of the world. I like that one and I read that every day along with the daily reading and um one of the things that has really hit me obviously i've gone uh, around through and in the steps for for many years this being the 11th month of uh the year and we read the 11th step and kind of immerse ourselves it has really hit me this month uh, as I'm working, I am sponsoring uh, that it helps me to stay abstinent also. Um, with step 11 and the spiritual principle of being spiritually awa spiritual awareness, it's really hit me this month to immerse myself along with uh, suggestions, the cool thing about being a sponsor is that it keeps me really honest in the program and it guides me to participate, not just suggest, but to participate in everything that I'm talking about. So in working with the 11th step this month, I have really um, taken on meditation and uh, discussion with God. One of the things I love to do and that I think has kept me sane during the pandemic is the fact that I, uh, I love to walk. And uh, also, I was talking before the meeting started, my, um, my husband and I have been married almost 58 years, and he's struggling with a little bit of memory issues now. So I get up early and I go in the kitchen. I have my abstinent breakfast, which has been just my stalwart thing. I have, uh, and, and, and many of us have recipes that we, that we embrace. And so I do my morning thing, have my cup of tea, which is just with sometimes we share with each other what kind of cup of tea we're having for breakfast and then uh, head out the door for a walk. And when I'm walking seems to be the time, you know, a lot of people wear heads, headsets or headphones and they're listening to other things. I don't like to do that because I love nature and thus the background that I use on Zoom. I just love this time of year with the leaves changing and everything. And as I, um, as I look out at the trees and listen to the birds, 
Um, one of the things I've done through this pandemic is one of our members is an avid bird person and has been enhancing my life by teaching me uh, more about the birds. So I listen and I watch and I talk to God while I'm walking. And um, some of us are on a gratitude uh, um, text. So I think about what it is that I'm grateful for. And thank you, Kathleen. And uh, when I'm grateful, I find that my life um, has more meaning. I don't want to get into martyrdom or victimhood, um, thinking, well, I can have this because this is happening to me. Or I could make this. One of the things through the pandemic, which has been a nemesis for me, has been all the recipes and the time to do it and all of that. So I really, about five months ago, got my arms around, okay, this is not a good thing. I need to keep my focus on the vegetables I need to buy, the fruit that is in my program, and the way it all goes together in a day, on a daily basis. So when I'm talking to God, I'm grateful for the day, for the beauty, and for definitely my connection to the 12 steps in this program. I am grateful especially for the people because without you, I, I kind of like, I, we're going to talk about, you know, meeting in person again, but I kind of really like all the squares on the screen because it's a real visual thing of the people that are so important to keeping me abstinent. Um, all of you have uh, uh, definitely contributed through what you've said in a share at the meeting or what you've contributed on a phone call or the many different interactions that we've had. So I cannot do this alone. I definitely cannot do it alone. I've proven that time and time again. So with the help of number one, my higher power, with the help of the 12 steps, with the help of you, as well as the help of my sponsor, I get through this one day at a time, and I am eternally grateful for the program and plan to be here for the rest of my life. Thank you. <laughs>